believe being transparent about life struggles and sharing solutions and resources is the only way to bring us together as a community and as a country. Good afternoon, good evening, depending on which part of the world you're in. Uh, you were just listening to Rob Taylor and the Unwritten Story. That is a local band. You can check them out on YouTube. Uh, welcome to Real Talk with Nicole. I am your host, Nicole Jennings Goodman, along with my co-host, Etienne Gibbs, over in the Virgin Islands. Etienne, can you hear me? Yes, I'm hearing you. Thank you very much. Glad to have you with our new guest, and I'll let you go with it. Awesome. Um, today's topic of the show is forgiveness and acceptance. And, you know, a lot of people, a big common misconception is that I don't want to forgive them because they don't deserve it. Forgiveness is for you. Forgiveness is a, a process of freeing yourself from whatever it is that you're angry about, upset about, whatever that person did or did not to, do to you. Uh, and we're going to be talking more about that today. How do you feel about that, Etienne? Well, definitely, yes. If we hold on to our anger and frustration, all it does is boils us up inside and we become non-productive. We function, yeah. but it isn't productive. So we need to get it out of our soul. I agree. Clean ourselves and move forward if you want to move forward. I agree. And some people are just hang on to that and just get sour all the way down and they get sick before they even know it. Yeah. I'm just holding on to that can be a cancer. So um, today we actually have a guest speaker. Um, before I even talk about him, he's an author. He wrote a book called I Apologize, A Black Man's Plea for Forgiveness. It's a transformational novel about spiritual forgiveness. And um, our guest speaker today, uh, Professor Kenneth Spruce has a ton of accolades behind his names, but you can actually check him out on his website at professorspruce.com. But um, he is an author. He's associated professor of political science. Um, he's a deacon, motivational speaker, and he's the founder of Umoja Publishing. You can also check that out. So we're going to go ahead and bring him in on the line. Professor Spruce? Yes, good evening. You there? Welcome to the show, Professor. Well, thank you for having me, Nicole and Etienne. Good. <laughs> so, I apologize. Um, a black man's plea for forgiveness. How, when did this come out? How long has this been published? Oh, it came out, uh, it, it formally was, uh, was printed in October of 2020, and uh, December the 18th of 2020, it actually uh, went to Amazon uh, for, for international distribution. Wow. Wow. Just barely over a month. You've, I've seen a couple of gold star, uh, five-star reviews. I have not had a chance to read it myself. I kind of glazed over it, but apparently, you know, it's, it's a very impactful book with those five-star reviews. So, you know, with today's topic of the show being forgiveness and acceptance, um, why did you select the topic of forgiveness for your book? 
Well, as you mentioned in my introduction, uh, uh, I am a, a very spiritual individual. I have a very long Christian history, and uh, so I'm very much stimulated by my spiritual calling. And it was the Lord Jesus Christ who led me one day to recognize I needed to apologize to many of the people in my life. I am currently 65 years old and have lived a very long and productive life, as you talked about the accolades. But I wrote this book because uh, the Spirit led me to the realization that I had wronged some people over the course of my many years, and I needed to right those situations. Well, you know, and considering that, I'm sorry, Etienne, uh, when you when you said that you've wronged some people, um, were those people still in your life feeling that it was wronged or you needed to release that to simply release yourself from uh, the guilt or whatever it was? Well, they're, they're all in my life in the sense that they're all still alive and they're still here on the planet, uh, thank God. They may not necessarily mm-hmm. be with me personally day to day, but uh, they surely are living and breathing, and uh, and I'm sure reflecting on the experiences that we uh, encountered in the past that probably has had, uh, uh, in some cases, maybe in a negative effect on their entire life. Wow. You were about to say something, Etienne? No, but I can. I was just curious. <laughs> did that, uh, did your publishing company come about as a result of I of your apology you want to make? Ken? No, no. Uh, uh, I am a uh, PhD level uh, scholar, meaning that I have studied at every level in the American educational okay. system. So I'm a trained writer, researcher, speaker. And so my company is just a manifestation of all of my lifelong education. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Wonderful. Your company, Umoja, what does that mean? Umoja means uh, it basically stands for black unity. It's a uh, a Swahili word. It's uh, it's an African – Swahili is an African language, uh, and Umoja uh, means unity in Swahili. And you also can find it in the African – American celebration of Kwanzaa. It is the first principle unity of Kwanzaa. So it has a very long historical perspective, and that's where I adopted that name from, Black Unity, Emoja. That's phenomenal, and we need so much of that today. So your book, um, Your Apologies, um, you know, you you focus your apologies towards black women. Why is that? That, that black women are your primary audience? Well, uh, as you just alluded to, uh, I am a, a published author. This is my third publication. And in this particular mm-hmm. publication, I wanted to direct my focus towards black females because it's my feeling mm-hmm. that black females are the major source of much of our inspiration today. And the other thing is, in a practical sense, pragmatically, black women buy books. And so, uh, you know, I'm an author Mm -hmm. and I speak to the needs and the expressions of the black community. And so black women are a natural target, a natural focus of my conversation. 
I thoroughly agree. I just recently published my autobiography, um, Get Your Own Damn Fish, you know, subtitled on the bitch life made me. And I've had more but it may it may it makes it he and giggle because he doesn't curse at all. And um, you know, us kinda coming together. It's like, wait a minute, have have you read the title of my book? So it might be might be a little bit risky every now and again. I'll try to keep the mentioning of, of the the title of the name to a minimum. But I've had a lot of, uh, especially black women, say, I bought your book just because of the title. I need to read that. You know, there's some of the things that's going on in my life, I need that. So I, I certainly appreciate you focusing on the fact that um, black women need to hear something just, you know, just to support and, and uh, uh, so many things, just, just a support and a push for well, you. Well- if I could jump in right then, I'd also like to say mm-hmm. that as a black man, you know, I think I offer a perspective in the conversation. You know, when we look at our situation in this country and in this in this world, mm-hmm. you know, we need one another. Black men need black women and vice versa. And so if I'm going to speak to black women, I think that I have a very authentic voice. In other words, my 65 years of life give me qualifications to speak on the black male female relationship that I think uh, is oftentimes lacking. I certainly concur, and you know, both of you gentlemen, really, you're in, you're 65, and my co-host Etienne is 74, and it's a different perspective. I'm 49, and there's so much happening just in my lifetime that is, you know, between our community and in America. Period. Uh, I. The, the level of experience you'll be able to offer on top of that, of how much change uh, we've been able to go through as a people and as a country is unparalleled and it's absolutely necessary. So I certainly appreciate well, when you, you rec- doing when you recognize doing. that we've lost so much over the course of our history in this country. And one of the things that we've lost is many of the traditions that we were raised with. And so as, yep. as mm-hmm. ATN can speak to, and as I can speak to, I can speak to the ways of how we got over the bridge, how we got here, Mm. that younger people don't have a real appreciation for. And so I think that's one of the advantages of my particular platform is I can speak to how it used to be and how we got here today the way we are. Over the bridge. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) I agree. It was bigger than a bridge, boy. (laughs) <laughs> I agree. So, yes, you are listening today to Forgiveness and Acceptance on Real Talk Radio with Nicole. If you have questions uh, or comments that you want to make, you can give us a call at 516-387-1328. We would love to hear um, your opinion of what our topic is today. So, uh, Professor Spruce, the your book about forgiveness, what do you feel like the greatest strength of your book is? Well, you know, I think that the greatest strength of my book is the storytelling. Again, you know, I'm talking about a lifelong experience. I can speak to things and enunciate and elaborate uh, in ways that are very enlightening. As a matter of fact, I just heard from a recent reader who was telling me that she was so uh, enthralled by the book, she could not put it down. She could not go to sleep at night until she had read it. 
from cover to cover because it was so entertaining and so engaging. So the storytelling, uh, you know, the richness of someone's one of the other uh, reviewers said that uh, uh, the detail, uh, the reflection of, of the facts and, and actually what was happening was very uh, enlightening to them. Uh, that's awesome. I agree. Um, as, a, as an author and storyteller myself, uh, if you don't have me in the first couple of minutes, it's rap, <laughs> you know. So hearing someone say that your story was captivating, that, you know, your story kept me you know, to the end of the book until I couldn't hold my eyes open is certainly a, uh, a compliment to you as an author and as a storyteller. So, um, your your other books. What were your previous books that you had published? Well, uh, I have previously published a memoir. Uh, was titled "Love Letters to Sierra: The Affectionate Expressions mm. of a Divorced Father," and uh, it basically wow. was a book that covered about eighteen years of the experience between my daughter and I, as we were the victims or the uh, the recipients of the divorce process, and I captured all of that in writing, all of those 18 years of experience, I captured that in writing. And so that book gives you a glimpse of what it's like for a father. You know, oftentimes we hear about the, the, the frustrations and the uh, travails of women through divorce, but we rarely hear how mm-hmm. these, uh, these emotional uh, up, upheavals affect the men. And so this book captures the emotion and the the hope, the aspiration, uh, as well as the struggle of a father trying to stay, remain uh, very intimately involved in his daughter's life and her her maturity, her maturation. And so it's a very personal reflection of that relationship between a man and his his his, his female child. That's beautiful. It's also, beautiful also the now. the book that uh, obviously that I'm here for today, I apologize, is my mm-hmm. autobiography, and it is a autobiographical yeah. fiction, meaning that it is fifty percent true and fifty percent creation. You know, as a writer, this was my first endeavor into the fictional arena, and I very much enjoyed mm-hmm. the opportunity to create. I, I'd be very much interested to hear from your audience as to how uh, they felt the ending, the conclusion. I won't uh, give any of that away, but uh, for those readers that read the book to the end, I would surely love to hear back from you how realistic you thought that ending was because uh, obviously I'm still here. It's my story, but uh, it concludes in a very fascinating way. I've got two other publications real quick. Uh, One is titled, Mm -hmm. it's, it's what I'm working on currently, Right now, I'm working on a book uh, titled Alan Bakke, Affirmative Action, the University of Cincinnati, and the Spruce Report. This is a book from mm-hmm. 40 years ago when I was a young man, uh, and m- myself and one of my colleagues uh, at the University of Cincinnati here in Cincinnati, Ohio, we spearheaded the movement to save the affirmative action program, which is the program which gave most of our African-American 
uh, leaders and uh, uh, role models today their opportunity. And we fought back in the 1970s to save that program. So that's what that book is about. And then I've got one more. Hopefully the Lord will give me an opportunity to publish that. It will be titled Fight the Power, the Political Education of Kenneth Spruce with Huey P. Newton, the former founder of the Black Black Panther Party uh, for national development here in the country. So I've got a couple productions Mm -hmm. that I'm working on. And I've got a couple that I've completed. That's beautiful. Um, yeah, it seems your your books are geared towards uh, not just pulling the black community get together, but helping us all to release the anger of you know when we feel we've been wronged by society, by our men, by our women, just by each other. Let's just move on, forgive each other, and be more productive. I certainly can appreciate that. So, well, it's a great, there's a great, there's a, there's a great spiritual, pardon? Yeah, I was about to um, ask you about your plans for 2021 with your publishing, but we'll get to that. You were saying the spiritual connection. Yeah, I was just, I was just talking about uh, the need for uh, a book on apology. You know, in that particular book, there's 10 chapters and every chapter I focused mm-hmm. on some particular aspect in my life, uh, my mother, my sisters, uh, my ex-wives, uh, the women that I've loved mm-hmm. in my life, uh, you know, some of the pastors that uh, have led me that uh, that I may not have been the best uh, follower of those words. But the point of forgiveness is a great uh, spiritual uh, and ministerial endeavor. Uh, we need to get beyond uh, the the animus of hate. One of my great uh, uh, entertainers, Marvin Gaye, talks about how uh, anger and hate can 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 destroy you. It can just tear you up mm-hmm. inside. And so, the ability to be able to love one another and to forgive one another and to get past. And so, mm-hmm. I know um, one of the things that we talked about, you and I, is uh, at least in the book from my standpoint. I wish I could get back with all of these people. I wish I could see them physically. Uh, the book gives is a very mm-hmm. good therapeutic. It gives a very good therapeutic expression, but I would surely have enjoyed the opportunity to have gone back and to reconnect it personally with these individuals. Cause I think there's something to be gained from mm-hmm. person to person apology. I certainly agree. I certainly agree with that, Um, and there's always a relief when you feel like that person has accepted your um, your apology and your request for forgiveness. But you know, and I want to make sure that my readers or that my listeners understand that your readers understand that again, forgiveness is not for that other person. So, and sometimes you know, someone that that may feel like you have wronged them may not necessarily be ready to accept forgiveness, but that you have to understand that that's for them. That's something that they have to deal with. But when you ask for forgiveness, even if that person has passed on, that forgiveness is for you to release your own personal anger, for you to release what's going on in your heart so that you can move on. So I hope that... Can I make a revelation? Can I make a revelation here on your show? Absolutely. Uh, the, The 10th and the final apology in my book is directed to my daughter, 
who is a young lady in her own right today. And uh, she, in fact, has not accepted my apology. Uh, and so my apology mm-hmm. is still standing, uh, you know, on the altar, so to speak, uh, you know, uh, out at her at her discretion to accept or not to. But it basically mm-hmm. gives me the power of being able to say to her the feelings that I have of regret and remorse and the uh, request for her consideration. And also, very ironically, I'd like to say that one of those reviews, one of those five-star reviews that you talked about on Amazon, Mm -hmm. one of the readers, having read my book, she said that she accepted my apologies. Because one of the apologies that I make, I make apology for all black men. You know, one of the problems that we have in our Mm -hmm. experience uh, socially and culturally in the the African-American community is so many of our men and women have had histories of, of of anger and rancor and uh, ill will towards one another. And so in my book, I make the apology, a blanket apology, for all black men who don't necessarily understand and appreciate the power of apology. I apologize to all the black women on this planet. Uh, we, you, you know, know we have a, a situation... I accept that, well, that I, you know, I think that, on behalf of black women. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think black women, you. I think black women, I think black women in general recognize that black men many times have been uh, inconsiderate uh, and uh, unacceptably uh, rude or uh you know, dis- disrespectful or maybe even in some cases physical. But my point is, is that mm-hmm. we as a community, especially the males of our community, you know, the males, as the Bible characterizes it, the men are supposed to be the heads of the households. And in many times we Absolutely. have not fulfilled our roles. And so I have extended and I ask all of your listeners, uh, particularly your female mm-hmm. listeners, to read I apologize because there's something in there for everyone. It's not just me and my personal experience. It's a broader, it has a broader implication. It's really for all black men and all black women to say to one another, we need to heal. We need to forgive and to forget and to apologize for our shortcomings so we can move forward as a community. Absolutely. And I absolutely agree. Um, Again, I want to thank my uh, listeners for coming out, for listening, logging on and listening in. You can give us a call today at 516-387-1328 if you've got comments or questions for myself, Etienne, or Professor Spruce. Um, and I'll reiterate, uh, Professor, I, 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 as a black woman myself, having dealt with not having a father around, having dealt with uh, relationships, failed relationships in the past from you know, being wronged by, you know, black men and, and such. I want to accept your apology, um, you know, that, that blanket apology. I thoroughly just want to accept your apology, and I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> so I want to tell you how much I appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. You're not going to get me all teared up. I, I got to come back on this show in two weeks. You're not going to have me on here crying on my show. Well, it's a very, it's a very, it's a very emotional book. You know, I've had the opportunity to speak to a few of the reviewers, and uh, one young lady told me that uh, she cried repeatedly through the book because of the emotional 
bonding and the emotional connection that the book expresses. Again, it's not just me and my personal experience. This is a, a collective, broad experience for all black women and all black men. Yeah, and I agree it needs to be said. It needs to be done. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm I'm going to implore, you know, my community to find a, your nearest sister, auntie, you know, cousin, wife, girlfriend, and hug her and just tell her I apologize. And she might, what, what you do? Just, you know, whatever, you know, what, just blanket it. Uh, and it, you'd be amazed at the synergy. I, I lost my husband a couple of years ago, but we had a, uh, a relationship to where, you know, we definitely didn't go to bed mad at each other. And at the end of the day, whatever it is, I apologize to him. He apologized to me. So we can release that. We're going to come to a resolve. We're going to, you know, release each other from any stresses about it. We're going to get a good night's sleep and start over tomorrow. So I, I, um, I think that's important for us to give homage to, you know, how powerful an apology can be. May I make a suggestion here? So, sure. Here, hey Ken, I'd like to suggest to you, on top of the topic of I apologize, next chapter or the next book, perhaps, and I want to help people work about what is their potential. Everyone has potential to get better, but we don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could help. You could help them out with that in the book. Well, I think that I think that. Uh... My particular writing uh, genre, uh, I deal with social commentary. I deal with social uh, realities and social frustrations and social issues. And so I'm always, uh, as a matter of fact, I have I've advocated and would, would uh, be very receptive to you all uh, there at uh, Radio Talk, uh, Block Talk Radio, you know, to engage in a, uh, a community discussion. You know, I think that we need to bring mm-hmm. men, black men and black women together and to air some of our frustrations. Because in my personal experience, what I find is, is we're talking over each other and we're talking mm-hmm. at each other, but we're not talking to each other. We're not connecting. And mm-hmm. so we still are very much, there's a great deal of frustration in our community uh, there's a great deal of anger. Uh, there's a great deal of hostility mm-hmm. and resentment. And I think that uh, as a minister myself, as a minister of the gospel, you know, I try to do what I can. And I, as, as ATN has just alluded to, this could be my first initiative and foray into this area. But I would very much uh, be receptive to engaging in further discussion in ways to solve and to resolve some of the frustration and tension that exists between black men and black women. All right. All right. And, and, I, and I invite you to do that. You know, um, go ahead. Yes, Ian. Finish. Finish. Ladies first. Go ahead. <laughs> I, lo- I absolutely love the chivalry. Um, I, I actually, I really invite you to call in uh, when we have our shows where, 
going to be forwarding our theme as far as being able to help our community to forgive and accept and deal with, you know, different issues. Our last show was on post-traumatic stress disorder. And we have a multitude of guests and authors coming on on every show. And I def- I welcome you to, to tune in and call in, Professor Spruce. Those of you listening, make sure you log on to ProfessorSpruce.com and you can, you know, see what his Mojo Publishing Company is about. Reach out to him. You can also find his book, I Apologize, A Black Man's Plea for Forgiveness, on Amazon. You can just type in Kenneth Spruce. In the uh, in the search, and his book will his book and his other books will pop up that he has out there. Um, again, the number five one six three eight seven one three two nine. If you want to give us a call in, uh, I had another question. I was about to ask you, Professor Spruce, and I just I got wrapped up in what we were just saying right there. So, um, your literary plans for twenty twenty one. That's what we were getting to. What's what's on the horizon for this year? Yeah, well, uh, I've already, uh, with the publication of I Apologize, I've tried to start what I like to think uh, is going to ultimately become a nationwide book tour. Uh, I went to my, I'm originally from Toledo, Ohio. I'm currently residing in Cincinnati, which is uh, about a couple hundred miles to the south. But I went back home uh, on December the 14th, as a matter of fact. And for those people that go to, uh, ProfessorSpruce.com, they will see some of the pictures from the press conference that was held on December the 14th, where I introduced, uh, I apologize to the world for the very first time in my hometown. And then I subsequently have come back here to Cincinnati and had scheduled a press conference, uh, as a matter of fact, on Dr. Martin Luther King's actual, not on his celebrated, but on his actual date of birth. Uh, which was uh, this year, January. Uh, And then uh, for the remainder of the year, I'm planning my next uh, book exposure to be uh, at a uh, book writers festival uh, on May the 8th here in uh, Dayton, Ohio, where I will be uh, literally out signing books. Uh, Anyone that may be interested in that particular festival can uh, type in Power Book Fest dot com powerbookfest dot com to uh be a part of that festival. It'll be myself and dozens of other writers, black writers there in Dayton, Ohio, and uh, we'll be out signing uh, autograph copies and uh projecting. And then from there I'd like to go uh during June, during Juneteenth to Atlanta where I did my PhD uh studies at Clark Atlanta University. Uh, I'd like to to make an appearance in Atlanta in June, and then I'm hoping to uh, have a, a fourth leg of my tour in Washington, D.C., uh, sometime around Labor Day, the end of the summer. So at this point, I've got a couple, two or three other uh, scheduled tour stops, Dayton, Atlanta, Washington, D.C., but I'd like to come somewhere close to your town and your state. Uh, Just write me. uh, I've got a uh, contact uh, outlet on my website, again, ProfessorSpruce.com. You can contact me there and let me know where you are around the world. Uh, ATN was asking me 
about uh, the Virgin Islands, and I've uh, I've visited the Virgin Islands and the Bahamas and Bermuda and Mexico and Canada and uh, Brazil and Japan. I like to go. I mean, I like to make an international book tour if I can find that support. If there's support out there for me, I'm definitely receptive to coming where people want to hear about social commentary issues relative to the black struggle and the black experience and Professor Spruce's perspective. Awesome. And uh, mm-hmm. let's, we get it working around out here to Hawaii. You're welcome to come visit. <laughs> Hey, I would love to come to Hawaii. You do, you hook me up, I'll be there. <laughs> I am definitely here. Aloha. <laughs> For our listeners, again, you're listening to Real Talk Radio. Um, now what? Real Talk Radio with Nicole and Etienne Gibbs. We have our guest speaker, uh, Professor Kenneth Spruce. You can check him out at ProfessorSpruce.com. You can give us a call in and ask your questions at 516-387-1328. You had mentioned Juneteenth. Um, that, that's actually falling on a Saturday. I've got some fabulous shows leading up until the end, and we actually have, I actually have one of my mentors um, that has been uh, – that I've been following for over a decade that will be guest starring on our show on Juneteenth. That's looking to be a wonderful show, too. I'm really looking forward to hearing about your book tour as things come up. So you talk about um, the strengths of your book and forgiveness. And another part of forgiveness is acceptance. And sometimes uh, the person that we're asking for forgiveness isn't ready to accept, but, again, we said acceptance is that's on them, but forgiveness is for you. So what do you feel like is this, the shortcomings of your latest book, Asking for Acceptance? Well, again, as, I, as I've already alluded to, you know, it's one thing to write. You know, I, I love to write. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a conversationalist. I'm a communicator. And so writing comes very natural for me. But I would very much mm-hmm. wish that I could speak directly to uh, you know, when people get a chance to read the book, I go all the way back to when I was a young man, uh, you know, when I was 18 years mm-hmm. old, and there were people who were uh, very uh, intimately involved in my experience that may have suffered some uh, emotional and some spiritual and some, you know, uh, some of the some of the reviewers have alluded to the fact that uh, they thought that there may have been some instances of betrayal in my past. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've, I've uh, addressed or attempted to do the best that I can in writing. But one of the shortcomings that I feel uh, most uh, strong and, and significant is I would love uh, one of the particular individuals in the book, I'm hoping, uh, because I, the names have been changed. As I said, uh, the book is 50% true and 50% make-believe. Mm-hmm. So I've changed the names of the individuals to protect their their personal integrity. But I'm hoping that some of the uh, individuals who are specifically identified in the book will get a chance to read it. And I wish that I had an opportunity to come and see them face-to-face and to express my regret uh, and my remorse uh, directly eyeball to eyeball. Mm-hmm. 
Now, you know, for those who haven't read your book quite yet, you know, so I'm sure those of us who have um, can take huge cues on how to do and what to do and how to take steps forward to asking for forgiveness. But, you know, for, your, for our listeners right now who haven't had a chance to read it yet, what advice would you give them, uh, give someone that, that needs to forgive someone for themselves, whether they can see this person face-to-face or if that person has passed. I had a situation where my mom had passed on and there were some things that I needed to uh, forgive myself for. So what advice would you give to someone that needs forgiveness? Well, the first thing is is that forgiveness is one of the spiritual uh, requisites that uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is calling on all of his followers and all of his believers to practice. So all of us, mm-hmm. you know, need to take it in, into our heart. And I think the very first thing that we all have to do is you have to do an inventory. You have to do a personal inventory mm-hmm. and look at yourself. That's, that's basically where minds came from is that I looked within my own soul, within my own spirit. And I, you know, I mean, I think all of us have the capacity to look at ourselves and to evaluate our behavior and our, our, uh, uh-huh. Our performances with human beings in the past, and so the first thing is that you take this inventory and you want to recognize where it is that you have come shy, you have come short, and I think the the, the second thing is that you have to be sincere, you have to be genuine, you have to mean it, you have to feel it, you have part of what you've been talking about, Nicole, is is the acceptance. And I think part of the acceptance comes in the recognition of the sincerity. And one of the one again going back to those reviewers over at Amazon about my book, they talk about one of the things they like about my book is the sincerity that they can feel from it. They can feel from my words that I mean what I say. Mm-hmm. I'm not just saying this for right. some form or fashion or for some season of the year. I'm saying this because I genuinely desire to beg their pardon, to beg their forgiveness. And I don't I don't I'm not shy about using the word beg. You know, so I think the, the second thing is that we have to be sincere. We we have to be sincere and I think well, you know, you know, my mother used to have an expression. She said and it took me the longest time to understand what she meant. She used to say pride comes before the fall. The pride fall. comes Absolutely. before the fall. Go now what, what she fall. meant was what she meant what she meant is is that those of us who walk around in this life thinking that we are the la di da and that we are the catch mm-hmm. me out, at some point in time mm-hmm. in life we will realize that we are not. And when that day comes, we will see pride in our lives in terms of a day-to-day manifestation. But what we will experience mm-hmm. is the collapse and the fall of this faulty, of this false uh, sense of superiority, this false sense of arrogance, this false sense. My mother used to have a real big thing about, um, you know, your spirit, your, your, your willingness to give. And she used to always say, uh, there was no I in us. 
There's no there's no letter mm-hmm. I. So whenever you say I this or I that, and you're focusing on yourself, she used to always talk about don't want to concentrate on self. You want to concentrate on others. So you want to focus on mm-hmm. other people and what and what they what their feelings are. So you want to be sincere and you want to you want to let that pride go. It takes some of us. See, it took me. And and that's part of what I say in my book. You know, I went for a number of years thinking that I didn't necessarily need this person. I didn't need that person or I could do with or without. But when I fail uh, on the basis of my inability to control my own destiny, I recognize I did need other people, that I did need to mm-hmm. uh, give myself more humbly, you know, more respectfully. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is okay. a part of the process that we have to go through. So after that sincerity, you know, the genuineness of your apology will be determined by your recipients. So I, I've already mentioned that my, my, my baby girl, my daughter, has not accepted my apology. And so even as we, as we live and breathe and as we talk, I'm still waiting to hear from her and she gets a chance to read my words and to see if her dad has met the standard of her heart, what's in her heart. Her heart will tell her whether or not she should accept what I have said to her. But uh, as you said, please leave I've your message for 21625. I've done my part in that proposition and, uh, you know, that was the first step has been taken is that I apologize to right. her. I th- I, and I appreciate that, yeah. Um, asking is the hardest part. It really is the hardest part. So uh, we just had a call to call in, a call drop, if you want to give us a call back um, at 516-387-1328. Sorry, I had a little bit of technical issue, but I would love to hear your question. Personal inventory. Um, what do you mean by that? You know, I, I know you kind of touched on it, but because I, I know this is something that I've dealt with myself when I've uh, had situations that I needed forgiveness for. Like, you know, my mom passed and we had some words, and I really had to sit there and kind of look at myself and say, hey, there's some things you need to do about this. So kind of explain to folks what that, what that means, taking personal inventory. Well, you, 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 you've pretty much touched on it yourself. You know, your spirit, your soul is who you are. It's, it's the essence of your being, and it speaks to you. It speaks to you on a regular basis, you know. I mean, like, say, we often talk about conscious. My conscious bothers me. Or, you know, uh, you know, I couldn't get this off my mind. Or I couldn't go to sleep last night. Or, you know, I saw somebody that I know I had said or done something to that I should not have done. These things will come back to you. I mean, you know, you will live mm-hmm. these things throughout your life. And so what you have to do is you have to, when I say take an inventory, what that means you have to check yourself. Look within yourself. Look within your own heart. Ask yourself the real questions. You know, you know, mm-hmm. have I been wrong? You know, one of the things that I try to do, I try to open my mind and listen to people who are criticizing me. That doesn't mean I have to accept everything they say or I have to agree with it, but I listen. 
Mm-hmm. That's the key thing is you got to listen to your heart, listen to your soul, and listen to your mind. It will tell you the things that you have done that you that don't set well with you. And when these things mm-hmm. speak to your heart and your mind, you need, in order for you to eliminate these things, one of the things that the Bible says is that, is that when you go forward to give an apology, it has to be sincere and genuine, and there mm-hmm. also has to be some kind of penance. In other words, right. when you do wrong and you then put yourself out to say, I'm willing to suffer the pains of what I've done, that gives your apology genuineness. When people recognize, uh, you know, for example, in my own experience, I've talked about my relationship with my daughter in that, you know, I recognize that I wasn't the man that she was needing in the times that she needed those experiences. And every time Mm -hmm. I see... I was out in the world today, and I saw a young father with a young daughter that reminded me of my daughter and I, and it hurt my heart. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is the pain I'm going to continually feel. Even though I have apologized, I have begged her forgiveness, I've taken an inventory, I've looked into my heart, I've looked into my soul, and I see, I know what I've done wrong, and I have to suffer for mm-hmm. that. But I want her to know mm-hmm. I'm sorry that I didn't do it intentionally. I didn't do it uh, with detriment in my heart and in my mind. It was just an accident of occurrence. It happened as a mm-hmm. consequence of life. But taking that inventory is very important. You know, as I said, you asked me, where did the book come from? The book came from uh, a spiritual inventory. You know, I looked at myself and I, I knew you know, I had gotten to a point in my life where I knew, you know, I had gotten all of this way by having hurt certain people. I needed to make amends for that. Right. Um, yeah, and like I said, I, I, I truly I truly uh, understand that. And as you were saying, like, when you uh, consider forgiveness and acceptance can you sleep at night have you done everything that you can did you ask for forgiveness even beg and offer penance can you say at the end of the day that you've done everything that you could to positively affect a situation and that's with all things because how you do anything is how you do everything is you know it's a philosophy i've always lived my life by so you know it's just like if you if you have a friend that needs help don't just talk about it be about it um if just at the, like I said, at the end of the day, you have to be able to, what the Bible says, hold yourself blameless for the situation. Now, you can, yes, you can right. blame yourself for the incident that was done, and as a result of causing some wrong or causing some harm, you pay your penance and ask for that forgiveness, you know, however it is that you have to, to uh, ask for that forgiveness or pay that penance. But that's all you can do. So, you know, well, see, the, the reality is, the but the reality is, is that we, we as human beings, we don't have the power to remove or to uh, withdraw experiences or to withdraw behavior. Right. Uh, but what we can do is, is we can beg for forgiveness and beg apology and try and do what we can to make an accommodation. Now, the ultimate, the ultimate 
uh, accommodation and reconciliation comes, and that, and I said that in my book, I made reference to the fact that I beg the forgiveness of these human beings, but the reality is one day I'm going to have to meet my maker, Jesus Christ, and that is where the real mm-hmm. apology, that's where the real uh, forgiveness is going to be granted. Uh, and so you put your faith in the fact that he who controls and knows everything will give you uh, the the validation that you need if you are sincere, if you are genuine, and if you're mm-hmm. real, you know, the Holy Spirit knows your heart. The Holy Spirit knows your mind. And so when you give your forgiveness and you give your apology here on earth, that's just for day-to-day living and for, like you say, to be able to sleep at night. But at some point, at some period, we're going to all have to meet our make all of us. And every one of us has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and we're going to have to reconcile for that. And so that's the ultimate pinnacle of apology and acceptance. But what we do here is on a day-to-day uh, earthly basis for the sake of uh, brothership, brotherhood and fellowship so that we can be uh, together as one, as, as people of the Spirit. Okay. So, you know, what what uh, do you possibly, your the possible objective of, of the apologizing and, and bringing the, the uh, you know, laying your spirit out, because you lay, you lay your heart out for the, for the world to see, Professor Spruce, and as you can't get any more sincere than that for someone to, uh, especially a man of your stature and education and so forth, to come on international radio and say, I am begging for forgiveness. It's always, oh, don't be, you know, don't be begging, but man shouldn't beg. Well, sometimes it's necessary. And, you know, we had talked about pride, pride going before the fall. And I, I can hear, I can hear uh, my community in the back of my head, no, nah, I ain't begging nobody for nothing. Well, well if you want to move See, the thing forward, is with that, the thing is with that, Nicole. That statue. The thing about that, Nicole, is, is is that's the first thing that has to go. You you have to get rid of that pride. You know, you have to. Mm-hmm. You cannot stay uh, haughty and chest puffed out and head in the clouds and think that you're going to uh, gain the acceptance of people that you've hurt and you've done wrong. You know, you have to be able to humble yourself. You have to be able to lower yourself. Uh, you know, you have to be able to put yourself. One of the things I say in my last, in my 10th chapter apology to my daughter mm-hmm. is I tell her I'm laying at her feet. Now, it's figurative. It's not mm-hmm. literal. But, you know, in my yeah. heart and in my mind and to the world, as you just said, in this book, I've stated it. I lay myself mm-hmm. at her feet, dependent and hopeful of her forgiveness. So that means that as I go through the rest of this life, part of my fulfillment as a human being and as a father is at some point I'm praying and I'm begging that my daughter will accept my apology and make me whole, make me complete, make me full, because then I will have fulfilled my responsibility, one of them, on this earth as a father. As a, as a man who who had a uh, input into bringing life into this world and to be able to receive from that life, 
the acceptance that, you know, hey, I'm not perfect, you know, that I, you know, I've made mistakes, you know, that I've, I've owned up to them. And so when she, if she accepts those, accepts that, uh, that apology, then it will make me a much mm-hmm. more fuller and complete person. I, I agree, and I, I thoroughly understand. Um, again, this is Professor uh, Kenneth Spruce. You can learn more about him. I checked out his website. He has his absolute entire life spelled out for whatever it is that you want to know about him at ProfessorSpruce.com. You can also find his book, I Apologize, A Black Man's Plea for Forgiveness, on Amazon, you know, simply type his name, Kenneth Spruce, into the search bar, and he will pop up. Give us a call if you got any questions or comments for myself, Etienne, or Professor Spruce at 516-387-1328. Say, so, Nicole, I wonder if there's one last pitch I can put in. Sure. Uh, in my in my In my current book that I'm working on, this book is really very timely because when we look at the Black Lives Matter movement around the planet and we recognize, we look back at the George Floyd murder from this past summer, I am working on trying to resurrect uh, the sense of a fair play, of equality, of equal opportunity for black people here in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I have established a GoFundMe page, GoFundMe. Basically what that is, mm-hmm. it's an appeal to the public saying that I as a black man am fighting against institutional racism, but I can't do it by myself. Mm-hmm. I can't do it alone. I need the support and the, the, the assistance of those of your audience around the world to send me nickels, mm-hmm. dimes, quarters, dollars, whatever you can send, we are in the process of trying to uh, retain a lawyer so that we can go into federal court uh, seeking public information that this institution is denying black people here in Cincinnati. So if you go to my webpage, www.professorspruce, no spaces, professorspruce.com, on that homepage, you will see over in the bottom right-hand corner a GoFundMe link. If you would click on that and send me your nickels, your dimes, your quarters, whatever you can send to support the effort to try and stop institutional racism here in the state of Ohio, I would be very much appreciative, as well as the thousands of people here in the city of Cincinnati who are dealing with this issue every day. Awesome. It's funny, you're from Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio, just four hours up the street and uh, moved here to Hawaii about a year ago. Um, so just, you keep saying it, and then I keep getting to something else. Remember, this man is from down the street from me. So it's pretty awesome that we were able to come together and doing what we do. I also have a um, a nonprofit organization, followblackdollars.org, that we need to come together on to help the black community and, and continue to further what it is that you are trying to do, um, you know, with your focus on black women and, you know, your uh, blanket apologies. I, I feel like it's just a phenomenal, a phenomenal thing that you're doing and laying your heart out. Can I ask one, can I add one other thing, Nicole, you, in, 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 and inform your audience as to how you and I met? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nicole, 
you know, uh, I just want to mention to your audience that uh, how I met Nicole, uh, the host, and Atian as her as as her side uh, a partner in this proposition is I was trying to find out how do you get readers to add critical reviews of your book? How do you get people who read your book to send in their comments so that other people can see them? Mm-hmm. And so that's that's really how you and I came in the, into contact. And I just wanted to mention to your audience, those that are, are interested in going out and purchasing uh, an e-book copy of I Apologize, a black man's uh, appeal for uh, forgiveness if you get a chance to purchase my book, please write a review so that other people who come behind you will have some idea of what it is that I'm trying to speak to and and what you felt as to how it impacted your life. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I remember that that initial conversation because <laughs> um, as I mentioned before. Uh, Professor Spruce is, you know, of the older seasoned generation and uh, was having, you know, just some tech issues trying to understand the, the Internet. And he sent me this, this inbox on LinkedIn with all these caps in it, like, how did you get your people to, you know? And I'm like, did this man just is he asking me? Is he asking me if I, these are false reviews? I'm like, where my, are my reviews? I ask people to post reviews. I'm like, no, I just want to know how are you doing it. And uh, you have to ask. You know, the, the Bible also says you have not because you ask not. And so when I do, you know, I when I do market a book and then I go out to my people, I ask them, please post an honest review and let me know how you felt about my book. And I've so far been able to get it up to 13 five-star reviews. Shameless plug for Get Your Own Damn Fish um, on Amazon. So I am pretty proud of that. And I implore to your readers, too, it is important. It is, we do that. We, we want to see what other people think about it before we spend our money and before we, you know, waste our time or spend our time or whatever. So it is very – it's important. If you order a book from Amazon, you know, I'm not sure how to do it if you buy a hard copy, but definitely if you order a book on Amazon, you're a verified member. Once you read the book, you need to go back on there and post a review, and that is also how uh, we're able to get these books out. Because you know, even though, yes, we, we write these books, you know, in the autobiographies and apologies for our, ourselves, but it is, a, it is an income thing. We do need to make a little bit of money because it costs a lot of money to, to write a book. So... Um, I just want to kind of touch base on what we got a little bit under t- over two minutes left in our show. Were there any other comments or, or concerns you guys may have or wanted to uh, ask Professor Spruce? Oh, you know what? Someone just uh, hit me up on, on Facebook real quick, and he asked, why is the book important to young men? Why should they pick the book up? Real quick, uh, Professor Spruce. I think the book is very much important to letting young men and the millennials know they cannot make it on them on them on their own or of their own accord. They need others. And so uh basically right. what we're trying to say is we need to be more compassionate. And so I'm saying to the young people, the millennials are the richest generation of blacks that we have ever had in American history, but they are going mm-hmm. about a lot of the, the initiatives in the wrong way and compassion and consideration to their fellow sisters, as well as to their 
mm-hmm. uh, their peers and their elders is very important. So it's very important for young people to learn. They didn't just get here as millionaires and moguls and, and hip-hop giants on their own, that there was people who paved the way for them. They need to understand that. Right. Awesome. Okay, I'm going to have to wrap it up. we got about 60 seconds left. So I just want to let everyone know next our next show, we're going to be doing a four-episode series on educating and empower, and we have wonderful Miss Elizabeth Leba, who is a social justice warrior on our show. Um, so I just want to finish it out with our, our uh, daily affirmation. Every day, in every way, I am getting better and better. Write it down. Put it everywhere. Say it out loud to yourself, you know, in your mouth while you brush your teeth. Every day, in every way, I am getting better and better. So I want to thank you, Professor Spruce, for coming out. My co-host, Etienne Gibbs, for yet another awesome show. And we are 10 seconds out. And this, is uh, again, is Rob Taylor and the Unwritten Story. You can check them out on YouTube. Thanks a lot, Nicole and ATN. God bless you both.